there. It's so great to be with you again. And today I have the immense privilege of hosting Kelly Gorn Gore on our broadcast today. And if you have been anywhere in the entrepreneurial space as a woman, and especially as a woman believer, you're going to know Kelly through what became a touchstone and a milestone in my life, the iBloom Planner, which was the first thing that I ever saw that spoke to my life as an entrepreneur and as a believer and as a mom and as a person with a real life and all of those pieces we could put together. So uh, that's one way that you may know Kelly, but Kelly is also an entrepreneur extraordinaire. She is able to express life in so many ways in order to serve the community around her. She's also a life and business coach and she is passionate about helping women create the life that they love. And she's going to be telling us a lot about her story as we go through here and you're going to learn more about her day-to-day life in just a moment, but I just want to say thank you so much, Kelly, for being with us today. Welcome to the Reinvent Your World broadcast. My name is Donna Woolham, and I'm your host. My goal is for every woman to know that God loves you and He's for you, and no matter where you are today, you can start right now and create an incredible new life. Let's get started into the show, okay? Oh, Donna, I am so excited to be with you, and thank you so much for the invite. Well, I have had the privilege, Kelly, of watching you from a distance and being connected with you on social media for a long time. So this is almost, I mean, I don't know if I should say this on there. It's almost like a, a fangirl thing. It's like, ooh, I get to hi <laughs> with Kelly. So it's really a fun thing for me. So thank you for that. And, you know, what I love to do, because we do live in so much of a disconnected world and we see people from a distance and we have an imagination about what their thought, what their life is like. We have thoughts about, you know, oh, you know, she must get up and pick flowers in the morning and the birds come and land on her fingers, you know, those things. We know life is not like that, Kelly. So what I would love for you to do is for you to just share with the audience just a little bit about what a typical day is like for you. What, I mean, maybe you are picking flowers and having birds sit on your finger. I don't know. Probably not. But if you do, please tell us that too. Um, No, that's definitely not the case. (laughs) So my typical day, it actually looks pretty similar each day. And that's because I'm pretty structured and routined and that works best for my family. So I wake up just about every morning at six o'clock, except on the weekends when I love to sleep in later. Mm. And my focus in the morning It used to be like I wanted to have this like amazing time with God and I wanted to wake up before everyone and, but I realized that didn't quite work for me. And so now (laughs) I wake up and I like get to work in many ways of getting my family set up for success for the day. So you'll find me early in the morning packing lunches and making breakfast and doing laundry and cleaning the kitchen while everybody eats and we're together. And then I take my kids to school. 
I come back, I do my walk. I've recently moved to a farm, and so I take care of all the barn animals. Wow. And then I do my time with God and my journaling, and I found that that works so much better for me. And then I do a few hours of work, like five, six hours before I pick up my kids. And that work looks like, you know, encouraging and inspiring people on social media. It looks like running a couple of communities, one that's focused on helping people get healthy and live their best life and develop healthy habits so that they can fulfill all that God has for them. I run another community that's focused on helping people identify their big dreams and then how are they going to play that out on a daily basis. I also am building a team of people who just love to help people reach their fullest potential, love to help people get healthy. And so I'm often equipping them to reach their fullest potential. So that's kind of what my work day looks like. Then I pick up my kids. We do afternoon fun. I'll often ask my kids, what do they feel like they need on the way home? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's jumping on the trampoline or coloring pages, or they just want to veg and watch a show. Um, So we do that. Dinner. We have dinner as a family just about every night. And you will always find us playing the game, Would You Rather? It's our favorite. And then we do bedtime stuff. So it's a pretty typical average day. But in this season of my life with young kids, it's what works for us. And it gives me the perfect balance of getting to live into my priorities of being healthy, my priority as a wife, as a mom, and getting to do work that's meaningful that I love. So it feels pretty average most days, but it works really well for us. And it's been an intentional decision to create a schedule and a routine and a life that I love living and that works best for our family. And so I'm just a huge advocate of people creating the routines and the rhythms that work best for you and making time for things that really bring you joy. Mm, I love that. I so love that. And I appreciate the fact that in your own personal life, you didn't feel like that you had to fit into a mold of what other people do as far as your your day-to-day devotional life, you know, sometimes women can feel like if they can't be up at five in the morning and spend an hour in prayer and Bible reading that there's something wrong with them. And I love that you have make it so um, obvious that that isn't necessary. It's finding the time when you can really have that relationship that you need to have with, with God. It's not like he... He's uh, saying, well, Kelly didn't show up this morning, so I guess I don't have anything to say to her. And I love that you're you're living that example in front of people that, hey, you know, you, you live life in the way that helps you live it out to the fullest of who you are made to be. I love that. Thanks for sharing that part of your life with us, too. And, and I love that would you rather game. I, I think that's great. And that you're investing time in all of the different pieces of who you've been made to be. Thanks for sharing all of that with us today. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I'll just mention about the time with God, like I used to 
like think like it had to be first thing in the morning or you know other times and what I found is that me showing up to that time exhausted because I didn't get enough sleep Mm -hmm. like does no good like I'm not fully able to connect Mm -hmm. and in the same way like Sleep is so critically important. Mm. I believe God wants us to get good, deep, rest, restorative sleep. There's a reason he rested Mm -hmm. and he modeled that for us. And so I think that's the big, like one of the biggest things I would say to people is find what works for you and Mm. don't compare yourself to anyone else, including me. Instead, like find the routines and the rhythms that help you feel your healthy, best, most vibrant, and be unapologetic about that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Find the routines and rhythms. I love that. Uh, that concept and that thought, that picture that that pulls up in my brain. Well, Kelly, uh, one of the things, I, and you know this, is that this broadcast is directly created in order to support women who have found themselves in a place in life where I call it a life-altering experience, and that could be anything, any number of things, but that life is one way for you, and then suddenly life is not that way for you anymore, and uh, that can happen in a gradual way. I mean, I've, I've talked to people that, that that happened upon them, and they realized it suddenly, or that it was a sudden experience. And my prayer always for this broadcast is that it creates a space for women to know that they're not alone in the journey of life and that something that we can say today would help a woman in that situation. And all of us have different lives, and your story is entirely different from someone else's story. But if you would just share with us for the next few moments about what you feel like is one of the pivotal moments in your life when you knew that some change had to take place for you. Could you share that with us? Yeah. So mine is actually over a period of time and it kind of accumulates over almost a 20 year span, which sounds kind of crazy, but it started when I was 18 And I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And at that point, that was a defining moment in my life for sure, Um, especially when the doctors gave me six months to live. Wow. And I remember very vividly being so upset and like feeling sorry for myself. And I went to bed that night and I remember it was one of the first times, maybe, I don't know, first five times that I felt like God spoke to me almost audibly. Like it was so clear and it was, I have a plan and a purpose in this Mm. and you can trust me or you cannot. And I remember making a decision at that point, whether I had six months or 60 years, I was going to honor God with every single day. And so if you fast forward Um, I did live, obviously, longer than that six months. God radically healed me. Mm -hmm. Um, As my church that I attended at the time, they prayed during a surgery, and literally this surgeon watched my lungs heal. Like, God literally healed my lungs in this surgery. And my surgeon became a believer. 
But out of that, I still struggled with a lot of health issues. Part of that was some of my own doing. I am super type A. I was always on the go. I'm a high achiever. I knew that God had spared me for a purpose, and I wanted to use every day to the fullest. And, you know, fast forward about, I don't know, 15, 20 years, 15-ish years, I think, um, I was pregnant with my second child, and she was stillborn pretty close to my due date. And a lot of that was because my body just wasn't healthy. Um, My uterus wasn't prepared. There was a placental tumor that took her life. But a lot of that was rooted in my health issues. I was chronically sick. And after her death, I almost died giving birth to her and was rushed to an emergency OR because that tumor, when it was delivered, it literally had taken all her blood and was taking all of mine. Wow. And so out of that, there was a series of events physically. So not only is there the emotional aspect of losing a child and going through that, there's the physical side of then needing blood transfusions and iron transfusions and like literally being on death's door. If you don't get blood, you can't survive. Uh -uh. And that created a lot of like chronic illness out of that. And so I would say that's been a huge part of my story is learning to deal with autoimmune disorders, with lack of energy, with being sick and tired. I remember I would lay on the couch and watch my kids play. I was so exhausted that I felt like I needed like toothpicks to hold my eyes open. And even though God had healed me of the cancer, I still had autoimmune disorders I was dealing with. And so for me, it's a long period of time of struggling with chronic illness and just deciding in 2000, I believe it was 18, maybe 17, I don't have my dates right, but deciding, I was at an event, I was so exhausted. I remember it was January of that year. I'm sitting at the event and it was one of those toothpick moments. Like you need a toothpick. I don't know if you've ever been that exhausted, but it's awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, I decided in that moment that something had to change. And I would say that was my life-altering situation. So even though all those other things had been life-altering for sure, it was in this moment that I decided enough was enough. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I felt like I had tried all the things but didn't know how to heal my body. Mm -hmm. But it was so crazy because when I made the decision, and I am such a huge advocate of you may not know how, but just decide. Because when we decide, whatever it is, whether it's health-related, whether it's I'm going to save my marriage, whether it's I'm going to change careers, whether it's I need more money, whatever it is, deciding is so pivotal because when we really decide, things start to change. I believe it's when we get the clarity around whatever the decision was that 
then we start being aware of how to solve that problem. I believe it's in those moments that God begins to open our eyes and allow us to see. And there's literally something in our brain called the reticulator activating system that God created that once we decide and we're aware, then we see things that line up with the decision we made. It's kind of like when you buy a new car and all of a sudden you see the new car everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody didn't all of a sudden start driving that car. (laughs) They've been driving it. You just weren't aware of it until you decided. And it's the same thing. And so that was really the pivotal moment for me was the deciding. And then all the things I needed started appearing. I started being aware of how I could make different lifestyle changes to heal my body. And so for the last four and a half years, it started with a line of supplements that allowed me to get healthy and to really heal my body from the inside out. And I started learning about the importance of gut health and balancing your blood sugar and how to make lifestyle changes like sleep that I talked about earlier that's really important and how to eat fuel or excuse me, how to eat food that fuels our body and how to manage our stress so we don't walk around stressed out all the time. I learned the importance of choosing our thoughts that I don't have to be offended by people. I don't have to walk around and feel sad and depressed and anxious and worried. I can decide how I want to feel, and I can choose thoughts that align with that. Now, obviously, a little caveat, if you struggle with, like, generalized anxiety disorder or depression, like, that's different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, assuming you don't have those things and you're just choosing negative thoughts that create negative feelings, Mm. we can change those. And so, so much of it was the deciding, and that's really my thought to everyone, is what decision do you need to make? What needs to change in your life? And decide right now. You may not have any idea how to do it, but decide. And the resources and the avenues and the next steps will start to appear. Mm, That is so powerful. I mean, yes, yes, yes to everything you said. Yes, yes, yes. It's so powerful. So powerful. And and thank you for sharing that picture of your life and how the miraculous and the day-to-day and how they worked together in that. Thank you for sharing all of that. And my question in that, Kelly, as I was listening to you, is when you were going through these, and I know that this is a, a longer period of time, but what did you discover about yourself? during these times that you were surprised by? Uh, I know from myself personally, there have been times when I've gone through things and it showed things that weren't so great. And I was, I'm thankful for that now because I know that I needed to change. But I also discovered some things about myself that I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was in me. That I'm so thankful that that's inside of me. So what about you? What are some things that you discovered about yourself and you can choose just any one of these time frames that really surprised you. Yeah, so there are a couple of things. One is 
because there were so many things outside of my control, I became a bit of a control freak. Mm. And I tried to control myself, but I also tried to control other people. And that never works out in case you're wondering. It puts a lot on you. And I've since realized, like, that is no way to live. And I'm just going to let people take care of themselves. And, you know, the other piece of that, the second part of it kind of goes along with the control, too. I was such a people pleaser. Mm. I lived a lot of my life to not offend people. And I wanted people to be happy, whether that was starting out younger as my parents, like I wanted to please them. I didn't want to disappoint them. And then that came out later in life too. And I believe both of those things probably led to a lot of the autoimmune disorders and my body fighting itself because I was trying to handle all these things when really that's God's role. And we got to leave those things to God and we can't live our lives trying to please other people. And so the biggest thing I learned out of this was I had to put my oxygen mask on first. I had always wondered when I was on an airplane and they tell you, you know, if we lose pressure and the oxygen mask drop, be sure to put it on yourself first. And I'd always wondered, like, if I was actually traveling with my kids, would I be able to do that? Or would my instinct be to take care of them first? And what I've really realized through so much of this on the positive side is I've learned how to take care of myself. I've learned that it's not selfish to put my health as a priority. I've learned how to put my oxygen mask on so I can show up as the wife and the mom and the business owner and all the other roles that I have and do those well. Mm, I love that. And as you were talking about that, I thought about you telling us earlier that when you pick up your children from school, you ask them, what do they need? And now you have the strength and the ability to help them get what they need because you've taken care of yourself. And I, Absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You're able to help your team members. You're able to help your community. You're able to do all of those things because you've made sure that you took care of yourself. And I, that's a, a powerful example to everybody that uh, if you want to do more, it's not about doing more. It's about doing the right things in the right time frame, I think. So, um, yes. And Through this also, I mean, wow, that your lungs were healed as you're on the table. That's a big thing to learn about who your God is. That's that's a big, big thing. But in the day-to-day of walking through this, and you learn this about yourself, these things about yourself, about letting go of control and of taking care of yourself, what did you learn about who God is in your life that maybe you didn't expect or know before? Yeah, with all of the things, and there are more life-altering things that I haven't even touched on. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the anchor of my life has been life-altering things. Mm -hmm. I have learned that I can trust God Mm. with every 
single detail. I often say, like, trust him with every itty-bitty detail because he is such a good, good father, and he loves us unconditionally. He loves us more than we could possibly love ourselves. He wants more for us than we could want for ourselves. And we can trust him, even if we don't understand the circumstance or the situation. In hindsight, I can always look back with 2020 vision and see how God was using even the most horrific things that have happened in my life for good and for his glory. Mm. And so I've learned that even when I walk through really hard stuff, I can trust him because he's got my best interest in mind. I love that, too, because how it dovetails on you just telling us that you were a person who had to be in control. And then to be able to say, I've learned that I can trust God. You were learned that you could trust him and not be in control and that it was okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful that those two pieces are right there together, that that it, it almost sounds, I'm, I may be wrong in this, but as you learned more to trust him, it was easier for you to let go of the other pieces. Would that be true, or is that? Yeah, I would say that's true. I still have some areas where I like <laughs> to control. Like, if we ride in a car together, Donna, I'm going to drive. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I... <laughs> All of my friends, my family, even my husband, he's like, yeah, she's going to drive. And part of that is because I get a little car sick otherwise. But there are certain areas I still like to be in control. I've just learned that I don't have to be in control, that God can take care of so many of the things. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's been some... I don't know. The visual I have is like, it was like I had my fingers pried to whatever Mm -hmm. and like they're slowly loosening Mm -hmm. and I can trust God, you know, but I also believe that he gives us opportunities and knowledge and creativity and he doesn't want us to just blindly have faith and trust him. So I'll give you an example. For a long time, I would pray that God would just heal me of these autoimmune disorders that he would just heal me of, um, I had horrible menstrual cycles for much of my life. And I would, I mean, literally almost bleed to death when I would have a period. Mm. And I would have to have blood transfusions. I would have to have DNCs to stop my periods. I mean, we're talking some major health things. And I would pray and I would go to prayer centers and people would pray and believe God for deliverance. But what I realized is God gave me the tool. Mm. And until I chose to do something about it, until I chose to eat the food that was best for my body, until I chose to sleep instead of working all hours of the night for God, like thinking I'm doing good, like until I chose to take care of my body, like he didn't heal me. He gave me the tools that have helped to heal my body. And so I do believe, like, even though we can trust him, we can pray and we can believe for miracles because he is a good God like that, sometimes he allows us to go through things to teach us a better way. And now I am so grateful for those health challenges 
because it's taught me now going to, into almost 40 how to take care of myself. And I know a lot of people who are much older than me that still don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so I've learned to be so grateful. So I think it's a mix of trusting him, but also um, being a wise steward mm. of the time and the resources that he's given us. It could play out in the same way with your finances. You could be praying and asking God to bless you with more. But if you're not being a wise steward with what he's already given you, then he can't trust us with more. We're not prepared to have more. And so it could be some blocks in our life that we got to do our part in it and not just expect and pray for the miracle. Mm, That's so powerful. So powerful and so true. I love that. It's a both and. It's not an either or. It's both and in our life with him. I love that. That is that's so wisdom. Listen, ladies, if you've been listening, listen to that. That's powerful. So uh, one of the things that I'd like to be able to do for you now or for our listeners is that in these last few minutes of our conversation together, uh, a couple of different things. First of all, there may be some things that we haven't talked about that you really wish that you had talked about. And so in this time, Uh, Feel free to to say any of those things that are in your heart, but also just to imagine that you're sitting uh, across from a woman in your living room and she's saying, Kelly, I've just got these challenges. What would you tell her? And so from your heart, speak to the woman who's listening right now. Mm. I, I would say, first of all, you don't have to do more. Like God loves you just the way you are. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. He loves you. You are his daughter and you are the daughter of the king of the universe. As my friend Shay Bynes, who wrote the book Grace Over Grind, she says, we have access to all of heaven's resources. And so my thing would be decide, like, get really clear on those deep longings of your heart. What do you really want God to do? If Jesus was to say to you, sweetheart, daughter, what can I do for you? If he was to say that to you, what would be your answer? And your answer is then the decision you're going to make. And when we make that decision, God starts to put the resources, the opportunities, the things in front of us so that we can see. But I find that so many women don't really know what they want. Maybe they think it's selfish to want or desire more for their life. But if you are somebody who's listening and you know you were made for more, I just want to encourage you to drop that shame and guilt and know that God put that in your heart. I always knew that as a child, even I would hear this longing that I was made for more. And I grew up in a church at the time that like saw that as wrong. And I've learned that, no, that was a longing that God put in my heart. He had something more for me. And it's taken me a long time to figure out what that more is and what that looks like. 
But if you've got that longing, just trust that it's from God and get really clear on what those desires are. Because if you're spending time with him, he is shaping your desires to match his desires for you. And so it's not selfish to pursue those dreaming, those dreams and longings of your heart. So what are those desires? What would you love for God to do? One of the questions I like to ask as a coach is, if we could wave a magic wand and create your perfect life, your ideal life, the life that you love, what would it look like? And if you don't know the answer to that, spend some time with God and ask him to show you. Because I believe he's created you with a purpose. And he has a plan for you. And he's put those dreams in your heart for a purpose. And it would be selfish to not pursue them. It would be selfish for you to stop dreaming because maybe you've been hurt or maybe those dreams haven't become a reality yet. And so you've just quit on yourself. And so I would encourage you to start to dream again. Maybe you need to say that prayer of, God, help my unbelief. I want to believe, but I've got unbelief. So help my unbelief. And start dreaming, start deciding what you want your life to look like, and then just take each next step that God shows you because he is a good, good father, and he loves you, and he wants to use you, I believe, to make a difference in the world. He's given you a message to share, and it matters. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I know that there are going to be so many people who want to get in touch with you as a result of this conversation. Could you do, and I'll have all the different ways in the show notes, but if there's just one better way for people to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook as a business page, Coach Kelly Thorne Gore. We'll put the link to that. I'm on Instagram as Kelly Thorne Gore. You can find me at my website, which is kellythorngore.com, and it's Thorne with an E. And I would love to connect with you. So send me a private message, connect with me on one of those platforms, and let me know how I can be praying for you because. I just feel so blessed when God allows our paths to cross, and I would love to connect with you. Well, we will make sure that every way that they can reach you, they will be able to reach you. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and for sharing your story of moving, continuing even, to move through things that have changed your life and have brought you to the place where you are today. Thank you so much, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that something that you heard helped you to be encouraged and inspired. And in fact, if it has, would you do me a favor? Would you please just share this with a friend of yours and join me over on social media on Facebook, and Instagram, 
Well, you know, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. But be sure and go to the website DonnaWollum.com and grab the free resources that we have for you. Thanks again and have a wonderful Living at My Best Day.